0: The new Minnesota Lottery Vikings scratch game is the official scratch game of the Minnesota Vikings. The official top prize is $100,000. Season tickets, an away game trip for four and more are officially the second chance prizes. Learn more on our website, which you can't see because this is officially a radio ad. It's mnlottery.com. Remember, you must be officially 18 or older to play the official scratch game of the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Lottery. I'm in. Welcome back to Jeff Diamonds, Vikings and NFL Insider, presented by Minnesota State Lottery Vikings Scratch Game Edition. Find out more about that game at mnlottery.com. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, and we want to thank White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank and our producer Brandon Morton. Jeff, of course, the former Vikings general manager, president of the Tennessee Titans, now a Vikings and NFL analyst with us and many other places. Uh, We are going to get into a lot of the Vikings issues. We're going to get into Carolina, Thielen, What's going on around the league? But let's start here today, Jeff. Uh what are your current feelings about Kirk Cousins?
1: <laughs> wow. That was just ridiculous what happened at the end at the end of the Chargers game. When you've got a, a guy who's been in the league as long as, as Kirk has been in the league, and to to have the the mental meltdown that he had at the end of that game. And and I didn't think it was a great game for Kirk in, entirely, even though the stats looked really gaudy with with over well over three hundred fifty yards passing and and three touchdowns and all that. But and he ma- he did make a lot of really good throws in the game, such as the fifty two yard pass to, to Jefferson for the touchdown that gave him the lead. And he was under pressure on that throw and a lot of throws during the game. The offensive line has been a mess without Bradbury and. And until they get Dalton Reisner in there. But I, I just thought the way he handled the last thirty seconds was just bad for a veteran quarterback in the league as long as he's been. You've got to clock it in that situation. I don't care what O'Connell's thinking that oh we're gonna we're gonna catch him not being able to substitute that if that was his decision, that's a bad decision too, because you, you wanna have at least a couple two to three plays at the end of the game. But the first problem was when he overthrew Osborne, that should have been a touchdown on, on first down, on the, on the first play of that series. And I thought Kirk was was in and out inaccurate throughout the game. You, you, you look back at some of the throws he made to Jefferson, and Jefferson is lunging for balls. If he catches in stride, he, can, he could run in for touchdowns. Now, he did make good throws to Osborne for the touchdown and Jefferson. But the end of the game, it just can't happen. You cannot do that. You can't waste thirty seconds in that situation, and then you force the ball into Hawkinson. And I understand it, it was kind of a fluky play where it gets tipped up, but he's he, he's fairly well covered in that situation. I really couldn't tell Jim if if Hawkinson had a chance to really catch the ball and he he did and he misplayed it, but I just think. It's a, it's a riskier throw at that point in time. you got Jefferson's back in the game. Give him a shot throwing outside. To me, it was shades of the Giants' loss in the, in the playoff game when, when Kirk did the check down at the end of Hawkinson. And, and in that situation, he had Dexter Lawrence bearing down on him. But in this situation, he had time to throw, and he just tried to fire a fastball in there to Hawkinson and with coverage in, in place for the Chargers. And disaster struck. It just—you can't lose that game when when you've got the previous series. They turn it over on downs with with two shots from the two yard line, and then at the end of the game, he throws the interception. They go basically one for four in the red zone uh, against a team that was missing their best running back and and had other injuries. It's just, and, and even. You compound it with losing to Tampa Bay in the opener, even having opportunities to perhaps steal a win in Philadelphia. This team should be no worse than 2-1, and one. and and now they're 0-3. There's only one team that's that's made the playoffs in the last five years starting 0-3, and now it's Houston in 2018. Six teams have done it since 1978, and, and there are 17 games And I did read a certain columnist for the Star Trib who shockingly was talking very optimistically about the Vikings and their chances. And that might be you, Mr. Suhan, in your Monday story.
0: Were you you just
1: just going against the grain as columnists sometimes do?
0: (laughs) No, I actually uh, – listen, when I go against the grain, it's because the other people are going the wrong way, okay? I (laughs) I just tell you what I actually think, and I just think that – The level of emotional devastation over the 0-3 start isn't – here's the thing. Number one, most teams start – we have all those 0-3 stats, right? As you said, this is a 17-week season. It makes it a little easier to come back. Number two, they have a very soft schedule in the middle portion of the year. They get to play divisional opponents at the end. If they start playing well, there will be a lot of opportunities to make up ground. Um, And I don't think the Lions or the Packers are great. Uh, I don't think either of them is going to run away with the division title. Also, most teams that start 0-3 start 0-3 because they never had a chance. They were terrible teams, and they started 0-3 because they were terrible. This is not a terrible team. This is a team that, as you said, should be 2-1. and one. If they play better, if they manage certain situations better, I can see them going on a run.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. And I, I think kind of the, the comical part of the whole thing is, is how, the, how the Vikings and, and, and O'Connell – always were crowing last year about, oh, we're situational masters. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, if, if you're situational masters and your quarterback and your head coach better know to clock it in that situation when when you, you want to have a couple of shots at the end zone from, from the six-yard line instead of, oh, we're going to try to catch them off guard. Well, you're still going to waste 10 to 12 seconds trying to run up to the line and call a play and all this and that. It's just really, I, I thought, was, was was a bad situation. I think the really fascinating thing, Jim, when we talk about Kirk Cousins, is the fact that, first of all, we go back to last season. He, he leads them to a, a 13-4 season, 11-1 score wins. Now they've lost four straight games. He had eight comebacks last year, no comebacks this year, and doesn't get his contract extended even after that big season because of I think in large part what happened in the playoff game at the end. And perhaps Kirk was looking for a little more money than they offered. But I think that Quasi Adolfo Menza in some ways is thinking, okay, I'm going to see what happens here this year. And, and I want to see if, if he doesn't get us to the playoffs and he's going to be 36 years old next year. And this is a really strong 2024 quarterback class in the draft led by Caleb Williams. Drake May, Shadur Sanders, Quinn Ewers in Texas, Bo Nix in Oregon. There's a ton of quarterbacks in this next draft. I think it's, it's really appealing to Kwesi, and I can understand why, to think about getting a, a, a rookie quarterback in the first round on a, on a rookie contract that would be very cheap and, and would help them absorb Justin Jefferson's extension, potentially Daniil Hunter's extension, and both of those guys were off to terrific starts. Hunter ranks second in the league with five sacks. Jefferson's leading the league in receiving again, and he's going to be making over $30 million a year. Hunter wants to be in the in the mid-20s or, or low to mid-20s, and he's going to make close to 20 this year. So I, I think Quasey may be thinking, <clears> hmm, <throat> if we're not going to win, then maybe let's be a top 10 team next year in the draft, maybe win only six, seven games. And I'll have a shot at one of these top three or four quarterbacks. And we can move on from Kirk who has, has been a very good quarterback. And I still say he's a top 12 quarterback in the league, but so far this year, he is not making the clutch plays. He made a critical error in the Tampa Bay game. The, the charger game is a semi disaster. And even though his stats look great, that he he leads the league with 1,075 passing yards and third in passer rating at 108.2, which would be a career high, but yet it's just not translating into victories. And some of those plays, such as missing Osborne on that on that first play of the last drive, he's got to hit that play. There's no safety back there. Just lay it out. Hang it up in the air. KJ's got his guy beat by two yards. He'll run under it. That was a, just a terrible throw, and, and he said so after the game. It, it was interesting in his media session yesterday, Jim, when they asked him about the, the plays that, that kind of grinded him, and he said it just eats at him inside, and, and he mentions the Osborne throw but didn't mention not spiking the ball at the end of the game. That was kind of interesting.
0: Well, it was. It was really interesting after the game to hear them talk about it. <clears throat> O'Connell it was saying, hey, the headsets were going in and out. If the headsets had been completely out, Kirk would have just taken over. And the fact that the crowd was loud and the headsets, headsets were not working for, caused them to keep trying to make the headset communication work. Uh, and then Cousins came in and would sound really frustrated. But you are absolutely right. <clears throat> um, you know, Cousins is playing great statistically. But your 35-year-old quarterback needs to take over in that situation say, if anything's going wrong, I'm spiking the ball, and then we'll have time for three three shots into the end zone.
1: Absolutely. And so you you compound that with the red zone failures, and the Chargers give you a gift with Brandon Staley making the stupid decision to go for it on fourth and one from his own 24-yard line. And he's thinking, yeah, one play and we'll win the game, but come on. I mean, just punt the ball. The Vikings have no timeouts. They're down four points. It's just a, a ridiculous call by a head coach. If they'd lost that game, I would have fired him on the spot. because <laughs> and, and It wasn't the first time that's happened with Brandon Saley, by the way. He's right. made other boneheaded plays in the past with these fourth down calls, and, and that was just a ridiculous one. So they hand the Vikings a gift not to mention the 12 penalties, including five that gave them first downs, and they still couldn't win this game with no Austin Eckler. It's just it's the kind of game you look back at the end of the season and say, wow, how could we have lost that game? How could we have lost the Tampa Bay game in the opener when, when we had Baker Mayfield struggling in the first half? And I, I think one of the underrated things in this season – Jim and we're, we're talking about cousins, here, but I want to talk about Brian Flores because I think Brian Flores, I understand, and to a certain extent, like his aggressive nature, but I think what we've seen in the first three weeks is he's really slow to adjust. And going back to the opener against against the Bucks, when the Bucks went to the went to the the short passing game, quick passing game, and he didn't adjust to that, and they, and Mayfield got hot. The Eagle game, when they he stuck with that three-man line as they're running it on 13 straight plays on that drive that took control of the game early, doesn't adjust at all in that situation to like, okay, well, let's get our four-man rush back in here. Let's get a couple linebackers. Let's try to stop the run. No, no. We're going to sit in a three-man pass, pass uh, defensive line because we want to stop Jalen Hurts' run-pass option play. Well, hey, you got to you got to make some adjustments. And then in the Charger game, again, he he doesn't make the adjustments. The Chargers are eating him up with the blitz. He's blitzing 81 percent of the time, unheard of, and he's still going after Herbert, who's red hot. I, I think that. Brian Flores needs to take a lot of the blame for this loss, too.
0: Interesting. All right, I'm going to ask Jeff, as a general manager, how he would handle this 0-3 start, if, if he'd do anything differently at all. First, though, we do want to let you know uh, that this show is presented by the Minnesota State Lottery Vikings Scratch Game Edition. Find out more about MN about the Minnesota Vikings Scratch Game Edition game at mnlottery.com. Also, i to have Jeff tell you about our longtime sponsor, White Bear Lake Superstore, Superstore.com.
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Love the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner Paul Rubin, General Manager Charlie Gutrell. They're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, Superstore.com You will find $1,000 dealer discount plus a $1,250 rebate and 1.9% APR on 2023 Buick Encore GX's $1,500 dealer discount plus $3,250 trade assistance and bonus cash with 0.9% APR on 2023 GMC Sierra Crew Cab 1500s, 0.9% APR and $3,250 purchase allowance on 2023 GMC Sierra 1500s, plus no monthly payments, until 2024 on many of these great vehicles. The White Bear Lake Superstore also is the Quigley 4x4 Van Superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at whitebearlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC? We are professional grade.
0: Thanks also to our longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank.
1: Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank. Is your bank a partner or simply a provider? In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalizing on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.PlatinumBankMN.com, Platinum Bank providing a means to a dream.
0: Two more notes before we get back to the content of the show. Number one, uh, check out Don Mitchell's new show at our talknorth.com. That is uh, the dawn, dawn of sports. Uh, we've had interviews with uh, Jim Cott and Mark Rosen so far. We've had a lot of fun. Check that show out. Tell your friends about it. If you like this show, dawn show any show at the network including the viking update show with john krasinski subscribe to your favorite podcast app it's free it's the easiest way to listen also quick note i want to thank our network sponsor caldera labs caldera lab.com use a promo code vikings to get 20 percent off all their products it's men facial products i use it i love them they're easy to use they're designed for men they've helped my face a lot caldera lab.com pro uh, Promo code Vikings for 20% off. That's the best deal you're going to find anywhere. Now let's get to this. You're the general manager of an 0-3 team. This 0-3 team, what do you do?
1: Well, I think the first thing you do is you, you go into Kevin O'Connell's office and you say, hmm, how about that Dalton Reisner guy? <laughs> yep. How about, we, how about we get him in the lineup at right guard this week after Ed Ingram has not improved this year, the second-year guard, and gave up – Six pressures is what the word was last week. He's been giving up sacks, ha- having miscues in the running game, and not to mention knocking the ball out of Cousins' hand in the Tampa Bay game. Dalton Reisner is a guy that needs to be in the starting lineup at right guard this week at Carolina. And and furthermore, the hope is that they're going to get <clears throat> Garrett Bradbury back. Because <clears throat> Austin Schultman, he's an okay backup. But you don't want him in the lineup for many, many games in a row. And Bradbury, he's not a great player, but he's a good enough player that he should be your starting center. So I think those are the the key things that have to happen there. And I'm sure they want to take a look at Cam Akers in this game at at running back to see what he can do. Even though I like Ty Chandler, I think Alexander Madison is a a good player. But I think the thing that they're missing with Madison – is he doesn't have the instincts that Dalvin Cook did as a cutback runner to see that backside hole. Madison, he just plows ahead at whatever the play was called to that hole, and you, just, you don't see a lot of instinctiveness out, out of Alex. I, I think he's a good player, but he's, he's certainly off to a rough start with the fumbles, and he and he should have had another fumble in the game. The Vikings got away with one there. Down at the at the, at the deep in, in the in the other team's territory when he when he should have fumbled been called for the fumble there, and so I'm sure they want to take a look at Acres. Otherwise, there's not a lot you can do at this stage of the ball game when you've got your roster in shape. We keep hearing about Marcus Davenport. Marcus Davenport, well. How much can you count on a guy who basically played half the games for the Saints last year, had a half a sack because he was hurt so much, and he starts the year <clears throat> missing the first three games? They think he might be back this week. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on that. And furthermore, they need to get more out of DJ Wanham and Patrick Jones, by the way, as as the other edge rushers, because Daniel Hunter's doing it all by himself. He's got five of the team's six sacks. There there hasn't been a lot of inside interior pass rush that they hope to get more out of Dean Lowry in that area. And, and so defensively, there are issues with the team. I'm not sure Carolina's the team to exploit it necessarily, especially the Panthers have a lot of injuries going to this game too. If you look at their injury report, especially on defense, but... I'm sure Adam Thielen is kind of looking his chops after catching 11 balls last week and, and looking at the Vikings' corners. I thought one of the big disappointments in the game, Jim, was Byron Murphy Jr., who was locked in on coverage so much with Keenan Allen, and Keenan Allen has 18 catches in the game. I thought Murphy had a terrible game, even though they exposed him in single coverage on a five-time Pro Bowl receiver. But even still, if, he, if he's your your bell cow free agent signing in the secondary and making whatever 8 to 10 million a year he he has to be better than he played certainly against the chargers and and he bit badly on the double pass from from Allen to Mike Williams for the touchdown that to put the chargers ahead by 11 so there are a lot of issues i think carolina provides an opportunity to get that first win but it's a little scary to think about if you go to Carolina and you, you don't play well and you continue to have some issues. They've got some good players on defense, even with the injuries. Brian Burns has three sacks. He's an elite pass rusher. If they can't get him blocked, and, and I'm sure that they're going to move him inside a little bit to try to get him on either Ingram or Reisner, it would be Reisner's first game back. So... The Panthers, they've got some talent. They got Thielen. They got Miles Sanders. Bryce Young was the number one overall pick, did come back to practice this week. I think they may be better off facing him than Andy Dalton, even though Dalton does throw a few picks, but he's a veteran guy and he knows where to go with the ball. So it's an interesting game to me because it really, you don't want to necessarily call it a must win in week four. But when you got the Kansas City Chiefs on deck, <laughs> Ed Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and maybe Taylor Swift, I don't think she's coming to U.S. Bank Stadium again, by the way. But
0: <laughs> Why not? She had a great time last time.
1: She did. She may show up. Who knows? <laughs> but you can't lose this game and go 0-4 and then have the Chiefs coming in. Yikes. That would be disaster.
0: Well, and yeah, and every, every... – I don't know if I'd say I'm optimistic or just trying to be realistic. Everything I've said about the Vikings and their chances gets destroyed if you lose to Carolina. If you lose to Carolina, it's over.
1: Yeah, I I pretty much agree with you. Even though I've seen teams that have rebounded from bad starts, but, but not when you've got the Chiefs and the 49ers as two of your next three games after Carolina. Fortunately, they've got the the woeful bears in between, but it is in Chicago, and who knows what, what can happen. All of a sudden, the, the the switch comes on for Justin Fields. He's been terrible, and their whole whole team has been a mess, even though they spent about a bunch of money in free agency. But, yeah, I, I think I do agree with you. I don't think Detroit or Green Bay are great. I don't think that anybody's going to run away with the NFC North. I think the division champ's going to end up with probably a 10-7 and 7 record. Which means the Vikings have time, as you said, to get back on track, but it's got to start I think this week
0: agreed all right. I have some things I want to ask you about teams around league. We'll kind of do it in the in the picks platform. Denver goes to, to Chicago uh Denver just got embarrassed in Miami. Chicago looks like the worst team in the NFL. What do you think of these two operations at this moment?
1: Wow, that's really a tough game to <laughs> to handicap and <laughs> And prognostic to you. it's just crazy. Sean Payton, you have to say, it, it's almost, you're almost happy to see it happen because he's such a arrogant <laughs> guy. <laughs> yes. and, and, and he comes in there with guns blazing. Oh, I'm going to change everything. Oh, I'm going to make Russell Wilson great again. And, and And Wilson really hasn't been the problem. Their defense was pretty good last year. It's been atrocious. And the Dolphins run up 70 points on them. And make Devon Ashan, the third-round pick, the player of the week in the NFL, four touchdowns for a third-round rookie. And by the way, I think Ashan has showed why the Dolphins did not want to sign Dalvin Cook because they had, they had Raheem Mostert, who also had three touchdowns last week, and they had this Ashan that they drafted who's super quick and – and people were, oh, they, the dolphins are going to sign Dalvin Cook. Well, not really. <laughs> and so, and by the way, Dalvin's not exactly off to a sizzling start in no. New York with the Jets. So, but Denver's defense is just awful. I, I'm going to pick the Bears at home in this game. I don't know why, because <laughs> they're awful too. But it's just it's just a a bad game. I don't want to watch that game. <laughs>
0: No, I actually sometimes I'm almost fascinated by games like that. It's like, how can these teams be this bad, and, and is there any hope for them? I'm I'm almost in a sick way fascinated by that game. There is a better game to talk about, and that is Miami at Buffalo. Miami looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, they sure do. And to to have the kind of the offensive explosion they've had this season, and the weapons that they've got, and and Jalen Waddle didn't even play last week. There are other top receiver be, be, besides Tyreek Hill be, because they were running the ball at will on Denver with, with a shan having 203 rushing yards so the the bills are, are also a kind of a hard team to get a handle on sometimes because Josh Allen is is an up and down player but but I do think that that they can do some things against that dolphin secondary that is still missing Jalen Ramsey I'm going to take Buffalo at home in this game, but the last four times these two teams have played, it's been a three-point game or less. So I, I think this one could go either way, but I'm going to take Buffalo at home.
0: I think I will take, uh, by the way, I'll take Denver at Chicago. I think I'm going to take Miami. I just love the way they're playing. I think they're just better right now than Buffalo is. Um, and Buffalo did you know, move on from Leslie Frazier, although Leslie said he was taking a year off. Uh, I don't know if the Buffalo's defense is that good this year. We'll, we'll find out. Another game I'm interested in, Baltimore at Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland, you know, they kind of had an inspirational victory without Nick Chubb last week. They are very good defensively. Deshaun Watson seems, even though I'm never going to root for that guy, he does seem to be playing a little bit better. Uh, and then you have Baltimore, which, you know, they've had a massive number of injuries. from that. Te- for some reason, that team always seems banged up. Lamar Jackson's playing pretty well. What do you think of that game?
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, another really good game, uh, kind of a great divisional rivalry. And it's, it's at Cleveland, correct? Uh, yes. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to go with the Browns in this case. They have the number one defense in the league. Miles Garrett is tearing it up. He's got four and a half sacks. I, I think the Cleveland defense, even though Zadarius Smith doesn't have a sack yet this year, but he's, he has made some plays on defense. The Deshaun Watson, as you said, playing a little better. He was good last week. He, he's been okay this year. His, his overall passer rating is not great. It's at 87.8. But he seems to be getting a little better in Kevin Stefanski's offense. Certainly the, they miss Nick Chubb. We know that. But I'll, I'll take the Browns at home in this game. I, I think their defense can can frustrate Lamar Jackson and get after him and and as you said the 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 Ravens always seem to be banged up
0: yes no doubt about it Uh, I and I agree with you on that one I think Baltimore might develop into a good team but they have a lot of problems right now all right let's get to the big game Vikings at Carolina what do you think
1: yeah and we were talking about teams and the Vikings losing to the Chargers last week it was actually an upset because the Vikings were a one-and-a-half-point favorite, but certainly not as big an upset as Dallas going to Arizona and getting beat or Baltimore losing to Indy or, or Houston going into Jacksonville and winning. So there were bigger upsets around the league last week than the Vikings lost. But going to Carolina, the, the, the Panthers are banged up on defense. Uh, Frankie Luhu, uh, who is, is one of our IFA clients, along with Adam Seelan. And, and happy to certainly see Adam off to a great start there and off that game last week. And, and but Louvu is, is is battling a, a hip injury. He's, he's their leading tackler. I'm not sure he's gonna play this week. A lot of injuries that as I said, the Panthers have. I think the Vikings do find a way to get the win. I don't think it's gonna be pretty, but I, I think that that they can if they can get uh, any kind of pressure, on Bryce Young or Andy Dalton, then I think that'll certainly help their cause. The defense can't play any worse than they have the last couple weeks. Or can they, Jim? I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. I'll take the Vikings. I'm gonna call it 27-21.
0: I'm gonna say Vikings 25 to 16. I think, but of course I've been wrong. I thought they'd beat Tampa, I thought they'd beat the Chargers. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, let's go to Jeff for a final thought. Once again, thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks Minnesota state lottery Vikings scratch game edition, mn lottery.com. Thanks to Caldera lab promo code Vikings, 20% off. And thanks to longtime sponsors, white bear lake superstore and platinum bank, Jeff final thought on anything you like.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get back to the cousin situation and I'm going to go back to that, that, Quasi Adolfo Benz interview with USA Today in July of 2022 when he I think tipped his hand on the Vikings quarterback situation he had just given Cousins a one-year extension because they almost had to with the calf situation but remember that quote where he said we don't have Tom Brady we don't have Patrick Mahomes the Super Bowl is more likely to win if you have that quarterback it's very unlikely to have that quarterback and then Cousins Proceeds to have his winning a season, but it didn't result in an extension after the Giants' playoff loss. And I'm kind of thinking that Adolfo Menza thinks that he and and Kevin O'Connell can find maybe find that Brady or Mahomes in that strong 2024 draft class. And if Cousins doesn't get him to the playoffs, and even more so than getting into the playoffs, I think Cousins needs... To, to get them on a playoff run, at least win one playoff game. <clears throat> if that doesn't happen, I think that Kwesi may think that we can get a quarterback out of this class between Caleb Williams, Drake May, Shadur Sanders, Quinn Ewers of Texas, Bo Nix of Oregon. They're going to be probably five first-round quarterbacks at least in this draft. So if they're in the top 15, they're going to have, have a good chance to get one of those guys. And I think that's that's what he's thinking in the back of his mind Give me a quarterback on a rookie deal. Gives me more money to sign Jefferson and Hunter and and build a really good offensive line around this young quarterback and maybe add some more pieces on defense as opposed to paying Cousins $45 million a year to $50 million a year that he's probably looking for. So we'll see how it all plays out. And certainly what happens over the next 14 weeks is going to have a major bearing on it.
0: Well, let's let's one follow-up on that, Jeff. It seems like Justin Jefferson likes Cousins. They've been highly productive together. Justin's on a, a record pace this year after having a great year last year. Do you think there's any danger in moving on from Cousins when you haven't re-signed Jefferson to a long-term deal? Do you think Jefferson would want to stick around to play with a developing quarterback?
1: I think he would for $34 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I think that... Justin, yeah, he. I think he knows that Cousins has been really good for him and gotten him the ball and all this and that. But remember, even even he said when they asked Justin to name the top five quarterbacks in the league, Kirk wasn't on that list. Remember That's that true. quote? That is true. So I think that if he thought that he's going to be able to play with one of these great young quarterbacks, it, it wouldn't be a bad deal for him either.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that's a good thought. Good stuff, Jeff, as always. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. Uh, I'll be in Carolina this weekend. Thanks to everyone who listens to talkwork.com Again, if you like this show or any show at the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Uh, we appreciate the support. We'll talk to you soon.